This is the Return to Order Moment with Edwin Benson. Bringing you insights, analysis, and information for a culture in crisis. Evaluating artificial intelligence. Shining opportunity or carefully designed trap. No other devices have changed daily life more than the computer and its near relation, the Internet. Around the world, millions use them to gain access to information both significant and trivial. New uses are greedily absorbed by the early adopters who eagerly await the newest toy. Artificial intelligence is that newest toy. The idea of a computer that surpasses human intelligence is one that delights many modern minds. In our first essay today, Mr. John Horvat reviews a book that looks seriously at the implications of these wide-ranging developments in his essay, Be Careful! Coming Age of Artificial Intelligence is a Leap into the Unknown. The Age of Artificial Intelligence, AI, is coming. The oracles of this future are warning of a major paradigm shift. Usually such messages can be taken with a grain of salt, as they often touch on science fiction. However, the recent book, The Age of AI and Our Human Future, is different. It needs to be taken seriously. The 2021 work is written by two tech-savvy authors, Google's Eric Schmidt and MIT's Daniel Huttenlocher. They are joined by the disturbing figure of former Secretary of State Henry Kissinger, which changes the focus. Thus, the book is about technology and where AI will take the world politically, culturally, and even militarily. Dr. Kissinger's contribution is unsettling because of his past role in the ill-fated Vietnam Peace Treaty and the West's embrace of communist China. His globalist insights about AI are both credible and chilling. It is a carefully written book. The authors take great pains not to exaggerate the power of AI beyond that of a human creation. They develop their arguments carefully within the context of current developments. This is not science fiction. However, they insinuate that all should get on board with the coming changes lest they be marginalized. Thus, the present crossroads are painted with historical drama and mystery. AI is not just a new phase of a technical revolution. Humanity is entering into a new era comparable to and even exceeding the Enlightenment. AI will change how humanity sees itself. It will be messy and it will be risky. From a Catholic perspective, three telltale points stand out that indicate the age of AI should be a cause of grave moral concern. The first point is what might be called its post-rational perspective. Most modern errors reject the Catholic notion of the supremacy of reason, illuminated by the faith, since it restricts the action of unfettered passions. Modern philosophers find different ways to escape reason and embrace fantasies. David Hume went so far as to say, reason is and ought only to be the slave of the passions, unquote. The three authors, all admirers of the Enlightenment, are not so rash as to deny reason, but rather seek to transcend it. The book's message is clear. 
Modernity has reached, quote, the partial end of the postulated superiority of human reason, unquote. AI will usher in, quote, a form of logic that humans have not achieved or cannot achieve, exploring aspects of reality we have never known and may never directly know, unquote. The authors reassure readers that, quote, traditional reason and faith will persist in the age of AI, unquote. However, AI will transform all realms of human experience, even altering free society and free will. Beyond the limits of reason, life will organize itself, augmented by AI, prompting, quote, many or even most humans to retreat into an individual, filtered, customized world. Although not yet popularized at the time of the book's writing, one can already see the AI-generated metaverse of absolute freedom and imagination coming. The world will see a, quote, shift from the centrality of human reason to the centrality of human dignity and autonomy, unquote. Choices, not reasons, will dominate. The second revealing point is the book's evolutionary model of history with its attacks on the church. The authors show little originality by adopting a modern classical narrative of a history without God. Thus, they describe history as periods when the people perceived reality through different filters. The polytheistic societies in the ancient world, for example, explained reality through its pantheon of mythical gods. The Middle Ages is reduced to a world where everything, quote, was only to be known through God, theology filtered and ordered individuals' experiences and the natural phenomenon before them, unquote. Subsequent periods like the Renaissance, the Protestant Revolution, and especially the Enlightenment filtered reality through individualism and reason. The new filter will be AI. The age of AI fits neatly into this revolutionary, secular, and fatalistic vision of history without God. The authors do not celebrate or bemoan AI, but only announce its inevitable march to change, quote, human thought, knowledge, perception, and reality, unquote. Of course, this vision contrasts with the Church's non-fatalistic notion of history, by which all work out their salvation. The Church is not just another filter among many. Likewise, historical periods are influenced by events, people's virtue, and God's grace, not determined by evolutionary filters. The third point is an ominous dependence on AI with unknown consequences. Indeed, the book speaks more through what it omits. The text constantly asks probing questions about AI's implications, to which the reader suspects the authors know the answers. The authors add urgency to accepting the coming age by exploring AI's impact on international relations and global security. The very real threat of cyber warfare is in some ways more dangerous than nuclear weapons. Thus, 
The authors invite world leaders to come together urgently. Their insistence that the public embrace, not resist, this unknown cyber future takes on the note of a veiled threat. This leap into the unknown is made worse because the public is asked to embrace an AI future that has yet, quote, to define its organizing principles, its moral concepts, or its sense of aspirations and limitations, unquote. Without understanding AI, humans are expected to defer to it in an ever greater degree in matters of ever-increasing magnitude. The non-tech-savvy majority will be exposed to such overwhelming processing power that, quote, some may be tempted to treat AI's pronouncements as quasi-divine judgments, delivered by a godlike intelligence with a superhuman way of knowing the world and intuiting its structures and possibilities, unquote. This almost magical resolution of problems by AI leads the authors to speculate that the cold industrialized world will experience, quote, a re-enchantment with AI delivering ocular pronouncements, unquote. This caricature of divine providence can prove to be a monstrous tool in the hands of evildoers and rogue nations. Dr. Kissinger et al. does not trust this process to work spontaneously without, quote, unquote, people with deep experience guiding the way. Although they desperately cite the need to find an ethical framework soon, there is obviously something already in place at this late hour. The author suggests that, quote, a small group of respected figures from the highest levels of government, business, and academia, unquote, worldwide, will be needed to coordinate the coming age of AI. This global network fits well with the Great Reset models now circulating that foretell monumental changes in humanity. Like all revolutionary utopias, the age of AI seeks to change the idea of humanity and reality in a world without God. Such a vision reduces history to the story of how people pursue their self-interests and gratifications to the greatest possible extent. AI, the enabling oracle, needs to be returned to its place as a tool whereby people might better practice virtue and favor the common good. The Kissinger-conceived AI future is doomed to fail because it cannot address the needs of souls for the sublime, the true, and the eternal. Such man-centered schemes take away humanity's most precious asset, the spiritual framework that helps each person strive for sanctification and eternal felicity. AI cannot address these deep needs of the human soul. For these, God alone suffices. Of course, many of the forces behind artificial intelligence are commercial. Advertisers salivate at the idea of a machine that predicts and even determines decisions to make certain purchases. Our second essay picks up the theme of the inherent inhumanity of artificial intelligence and expands them into the marketplace. Mr. Horvat expands on some of the ideas in his previous essay in his Repeat After Me, Algorithms Are Not Humans.
Everyone says artificial intelligence, AI, represents the wave of the future. AI involves the simulation of intelligent human behavior in computers. It uses algorithm-driven programming that allows the computer to explore and adjust to all possible choices and select the ideal outcome. Tech enthusiasts claim computers can approximate or even exceed human action. Nowhere is the drive to reduce everything to algorithms stronger than at online high-tech firms. Powerful processing of personal preference data is supposed to suggest the most probable purchases. Everyone has experienced the pop-up advertisements that recommend needed goods based on past searches. With every click, AI promises to work with more sophistication. Some services even offer automated decision-making and purchasing without any supervision. However, high-tech firms are receiving increasing complaints from customers. Predictably, algorithms might select optimum outcomes, but not necessarily human ones. The programs cannot navigate the nuances that often influence decisions. They are offending and frustrating customers. Companies started to notice that marketing that uses algorithms was getting weighed down by rejected choices. People would swipe through mountains of selections on their devices without finding what they wanted. Worse yet, consumers were frustrated about the wasted time, unwanted items, and need to return purchases. Companies are adjusting to the complaints with solutions that don't use algorithms, but humans. They call it human enhancement, although business savvy might be a better term. It entails introducing human judgment at some point in the selection process. The human decision maker might draw from the same pool of algorithm-generated choices, but the human touch makes all of the difference. Indeed, humans bring experiences and judgments that can sometimes result in outcomes that are eight times better than the algorithm alone. Companies are willing to make the investment and even bill the consumer for the extra enhancement. The more human the decision, the less reliable the algorithms are. Sometimes, all it takes is snap judgment on the part of the consumer to validate or reject suggestions. Other times, it involves doing things in more human ways that are understandable to the customer. In its December 14, 2021 issue, the Wall Street Journal reports on several high-tech companies that offer the human touch. Stitch Fix, for example, developed a business model that targeted those who have no time to engage a stylist to help them with their wardrobe. Automated selections based on algorithms are sent to customers regularly. However, dissatisfaction with the quote-unquote personalized choices has prompted the company to open up more options for consumers they may now preview the automated selections or add items a la carte. The results have been fewer returns and greater customer satisfaction. Social media firms, 
the arch-typical developers of algorithms are also developing more human ways. Instagram was recently cited for the harmful automated suggestions directed toward vulnerable teen users. Consequently, the firm will soon introduce content that reflects how real people post it rather than those its algorithms determine to be the most profitable. Instagram will also be relinquishing more control to parents to shield against toxic content. Twitter is now providing free human oversight of its content moderation for its highest end users. The service aims to prevent accidental canceling of those users who draw the most people to its site. However, the move is purely economic and does not seem to affect popular canceled conservatives who find themselves in Twitter jail. Sometimes algorithm-determined work assignments fail to work correctly. DoorDash, the food delivery service, found that automated selection of gig drivers could not handle ultra-fast deliveries of 15 minutes or less. The company hired a team of humans in New York City to organize such deliveries, since it required added flexibility, organization, and structure. The trend toward humanization is welcome in the cold world of automation. Technology exists to serve, not replace humanity. Despite developments that make machines appear more human, AI cannot perform the functions of the soul nor make moral decisions. Thus, the artificial intelligence is very artificial and not at all intelligent. An algorithm is not a human. The business world is learning that the hard way. Perhaps the most troubling aspect of life on the Internet is the spread of pornography. Images that were once only available in sleazy so-called adult-only shops are now available to any teenager over a cell phone. The tools of artificial intelligence discussed in the last essays make this situation even more dire. And, as in all questions in modern life, the members of the LGBT crowd try to extract another attack on traditional moral standards. It is against that background that Mr. Horvat asks, why is Apple facilitating preteen access to pornography? According to the Wall Street Journal, Apple is preparing to introduce a new anti-sexting tool with their next iPhone update. Apple will warn teenagers and preteen users that they could open a sexually explicit image. The temporary block will provide a pause for those who might happen upon such images accidentally and gives them an option to text a trusted adult. However, for those preteens that want to view such images, the next step is the simple touch of the screen. Prior versions of the anti-pornography program notified parents if children under 13 viewed or sent such pictures. The new iPhone iOS 15.2 version, will trust the children to make the right decision. What makes this program even more concerning is that nude images that may flash on the screens might well be their children's own. The nonprofit technology Thorn recently released a report showing that 14% of the 9- to 12-year-olds it surveyed 
admitted that they shared sexually explicit images of themselves last year. Indeed, the same preteen images that could land adults in jail as child pornography are considered safe for preteens who consent to receive or send them. The journal describes some of Apple's rationale for the omission. Quote, The idea of notifying parents of kids under 13 operates with the assumption that there's a relationship with the child that is safe, said Elissa Redmiles, a privacy scholar and faculty member at the Max Planck Institute for Software Systems. In the case of LGBTQ youth, for example, a parent seeing an image that reveals something about their child's sexuality could lead to conflict or even abuse, she said. Unquote. Thus, to preserve the LGBTQ identity of some users, all children are exposed to the filth and pornography that attacks their innocence. In this bizarre woke universe, Young children are morally autonomous beings, and parents must not interfere with their development. Apple's new policy denies the role of parents as their children's primary educators and protectors until they reach adulthood. It further denies the reality that children lack the wisdom and experience to make moral decisions independently. They are vulnerable to evil influences that come from media like the internet and text messages. Parents have a right and a responsibility to screen out immoral influences. This is especially true of the delicate years of sexual development marked by strong emotions and impulses. Exposure to evil influences at this age can mark a person for life. Mistakes can have dire consequences. An impulsive touch of the screen is hardly an obstacle to youthful impulsiveness. A notification to a loving mother is a highly effective deterrent. The public nature of the Internet only makes these dangers greater. Once images are uploaded on the network, they tend to take on a life of their own. Thus, Children post pictures of themselves which will later come back to haunt them. Apple's anti-sexting app actually facilitates preteen pornography of the worst type. The app not only prevents preteens from receiving material containing nudity, but it also pauses when these same young ones want to send such pictures. It asks the preteens if they really want to continue the process without parental notification. The fact that many of these images are very personal portrayals should set off red flags of child abuse. This is supposedly a time when sensitivity to child sexual safety is highlighted. The Ghislaine Maxwell trial, the Me Too movement, and continued sexual abuse scandals all highlight concern for the sexual vulnerability of teens and preteens. However, when practices favor the liberal cause, all such concerns disappear. The Apple app facilitates the receiving and sending of these images by stripping the victims of the loving layer of protection of concerned parents. Of course, all pornography is wrong, exploitive, and sinful. It does not matter if it involves adults, teens, or preteens. 
this plague destroys the life of millions. However, the advance of the sexual revolution overrides everything. Like all explosive passions, the sexual appetites will always tend to ever more radical practices. Society used to protect children from the ravages of pornographic imagery. However, that phase of protection now seems over. The latest phase of this revolution is the homosexual agenda. Thus, in the name of privacy and protections of LGBTQ identity, the innocence of children must be sacrificed. Apple is entering into the revolution by facilitating access, bypassing parents, and putting nudity within the reach of children with the touch of a screen. This concludes Evaluating Artificial Intelligence, Shining Opportunity or Carefully Designed Trap. Thank you so much for listening. Return to Order, of which this podcast is only a part, strives to be a source of light in a dark and disordered world. Your prayers are appreciated. If you have enjoyed this podcast, we ask you to subscribe and give us a five-star rating with the service through which you are listening to it. Increased subscriptions and high ratings mean that more people will be directed to the Return to Order moment when searching for new podcasts. So, by rating us, you can help Return to Order be more effective. In addition, subscribers gain access to all the previous episodes of the Return to Order moment. We would also like to recommend the book, which spells out the motivations behind our work. Mr. John Horvath's book, Return to Order, is available as a free download through our website, www.returntoorder.org, or in printed and recorded form through our bookstore. All rights are reserved. Copyright 2022 by the American Society for the Defense of Tradition, Family, and Property, TFP.